Oh, interesting. Free Talk Live. is Free Talk Live, and of course you're invited to join us here if you want. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. Our number is 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. 603-283-6160. On the way here tonight, actually the two of you had stories, you didn't know this, but you had stories about Germany. Uh, independently of one another. One of them is that a German major German newspaper has apologized for its coronavirus coverage, I think. Yep, specifically to children. And uh, Bonnie's got that story. Chris, you've got a story that uh, Germany's talking about banning the government gang there. Yeah. It's talking about banning the uh, chat app Telegram. So we can get into those stories as well. Also, in other international-related headlines, I've, I've been holding on to this one for... I don't know, about a week uh, from Vice News headline cryptocurrency investors try to turn private islands into blockchain utopias, which made me think of our co-host Mark Edge as he's been flying here and hither and thither around the world trying to find some perfect place, usually looking at islands to build some sort of Mark King, Kingdom of Mark or whatever. I don't know if he's going to be advertising it as a uh, blockchain utopia, but I remember it was early 2021 he had flown down to... No, it was, no, it was 2020. It was uh, right before COVID uh, that uh, he had flown down to Saipan to join the crypto frontier. Uh, and that was a, a project to attract crypto people to the islands of Saipan, which is part of the United States. Uh, down in the Asian Pacific. Is that, is that the same as Mariana Islands? Yes. Yeah, okay. correct. Uh, Saipan is the capital. I, I guess I should have been clear. The okay. northern Mariana Islands, to yeah, be specific. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. It's the northern, not... Uh, I think not... Guam is the southern one, or maybe it's the it's, most It's northern. nearby. I yeah, don't know Guam's if it's... Guam's in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's that area of the world, and Mark had gone down there uh, to be a part of that. Um, and what I've heard through the rumor mill now is that the founder of the Crypto Frontier has called it quits, and he has uh, decided to go elsewhere. So yeah, that that's kind of fallen uh, apart a that little bit. doesn't surprise me. As I understand it, things were not as they were presented originally. When you say so, things were not. Uh, certain tax-related uh, uh, issues, uh, apparently. Really? Yeah, there's a, even though there's no federal income tax, there is a uh, there's like a federal tax for the Mariana Islands, I guess, or something mm. to that effect. So even though you're not paying it to the U.S. federal government, oh, the, it's the still, Mariana Islands takes it. Yeah, the Mariana Islands basically takes it. Yeah, that's so, true. At least from a tax perspective, it wasn't quite as good as originally uh, believed. I, I guess the idea there was that at least if you're giving the money to the Mariana Islands, you know it's not going to bomb people in the Middle East. So and it's I think less that offensive. Absolutely, that argument is still. Yeah. A strong argument it's just not quite as good if you're trying to attract people who are trying to avoid taxes sure if your if your main audience is crypto people as opposed to, to liberty people yeah. which it was that may not work out so well one thing that made mariana island sound unappealing to me was that you can't have guns there and that's the same with mark's uh project idea he wants to have no guns there and i don't really get that 
Mark doesn't want to allow guns on his project? Correct. Oh, wow. I didn't in, know that. Are we talking about the one, the most recent one in uh, Utila, Hon- Honduras? Honduras. Yeah. yeah. That, that seems kind of weird, too, because from a security perspective, you, you would, would, need you would want guns. And if I'm not mistaken, part of the autonomous zones requires you to have security, um, your own security. So that I, I'm not quite sure I understand you know that. I think logically. the plan would be that they would hire security and like it'd be like there'd be some not a police force but security private, there. private security yeah but i mean people that, couldn't just have their own guns i mean huh. that's certainly one way to do it but it still seems contradictory to me in yeah some you're not going to attract many liberty. libertarians yeah I liberty mean, standpoint libertarians want to have their own guns they don't want right. to rely on somebody else I mean, to protect them it's not even just security it's also a you know it's a sport right and there's a lot mm-hmm. of libertarians who like to shoot guns you know so now, I would presume that one reason might be because it's illegal. I'm just going to guess a lot of the uh, you know the countries that are not the United States, it's either illegal completely to have a gun uh, privately or it's very, very difficult uh, to have a gun privately in places like you know Mexico or Central America. Now, that doesn't mean that people don't break those laws left and right. Uh, we had some uh, gentlemen here visiting from Mexico a few weeks back and you know, of course, you're in New Hampshire. You, you start talking about guns, right? It, it happens at some point. And of course, Matt, our neighbor, is uh, really into him. So he was chatting with these guys, and one of the guys said, yeah, he does have a gun, but it might not be legal uh, yeah. for him to have it. So maybe that's what – I mean, again, I haven't spoken with Mark, but maybe, maybe that's what he's concerned about. Maybe he's worried that – No, you know, the way Mark presented it to me was just, I don't need a bunch of people on my island with guns. Hmm. And I don't get that because hmm. peop- more people sense, with guns, yeah. the safer it should be. Yeah, that's very I mean, strange. I, I could I can maybe see something like that, you know, being like like an option, like especially if you had a I don't know, a part of you. I don't know, like like maybe you had a couple of condos, maybe one of the condos would be no guns or something like mm. Like I could kind of see that if some people are not comfortable with guns, um, yeah. but still be liberty minded people just because they don't want to have a gun themselves or be around people who have guns. It doesn't necessarily mean they don't want other people to have guns. Hmm. So, well, I guess we'll see how that pans out. I imagine he's, from what I understand, doesn't he's seem like be, a good move though to me. <laughs> yeah. From what I understand, he plans to market this thing to crypto and libertarian people. So, I mean, as soon as they find out no guns, it's going to cut yeah. his potential audience way way down even for people who are libertarian and not big gun enthusiasts it's gonna it's gonna be like something's not right here you know that doesn't pass a sniff test yeah i mean we know mark we may be able to say for sure that mark would never become a tyrant towards us but people don't know mark how do how are they just going to trust that mark will never become tyrant king mark Mm. in utila yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll certainly keep our eyes on that one. But as of right now, that's as from what I understand, still in the early, early, you know, thought kind of development stages. Maybe some of these other projects are moved along a little bit further. I mean, we've heard about El Salvador, uh, which is of course the first state on the planet to start accepting uh, Bitcoin as legal tender. And that happened back in September of 2021. And they've since been talking about offering up a bond that uh, people could purchase with cryptocurrency or with cash that would then be used to fund what's called the Bitcoin city. Now, it's not going to be an island per se, but it is indeed something that's going to be targeted at Bitcoin people. Uh, with the idea of, hey, come here, we're going to abolish most taxes, although I believe they're still going to have a value, so-called value-added tax, but their you know, capital gains, that won't be present, they say. Income tax won't be present, they claim. You know, again, you can't trust governments as far as you yeah. can throw them. But nonetheless, it's an interesting proposal. 
but according to Vice magazine, as long as cryptocurrencies have existed, libertarians have dreamed of using them to create communities, seasteads, and cities free from the prying eyes of the state and its tax collectors. We've seen crypto-inspired attempts to claim disputed lands as tax havens, uh, use UFOs and fireworks to christen a new tax-free Bitcoin town, build cities with decentralized autonomous organizations, and establish communities inside of U.S. colonies to avoid taxes. But now there's a wave of attempts to buy entire islands and build the next crypto paradise. The first one to look at is Cryptoland, founded by Max Oliver and Helena Lopez, who reportedly have a checkered history. With a Spanish YouTuber community mired in allegations of doxing and the resulting boycott of an award show linked to the pair... Cryptoland burrowed into the public's mind when its unlisted 18-minute animated sales pitch was found on YouTube in December. It features three sections littered with bombastic rhetoric about what is to come, a manifesto of sorts, a memorial to BitConnect, arguably the most famous or infamous scam in Bitcoin history, a memorial, and promises to, quote, make crypto enrich a harmonious coexistence with the world energy of its surroundings. That's some highfalutin language, and I'm not really sure what it means. But since going viral, Cryptoland has taken down its unlisted uh, sales pitch, but a shorter public version is still available to behold. The first section is a minute-long introduction to Cryptoland as a, quote, paradise made by crypto enthusiasts for crypto enthusiasts. Its three proposed main areas, Cryptoland Bay, House of Dow, which stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization, and the Blockchain Hills. The bay can at best be thought of as a massive theme park for any and every meme that has ever existed related to crypto. The video promises it'll include a beach, resort, working hub, and more. Now, Chris, you I think you mentioned off the air that you've heard of this thing. Yeah, I have. What are your impressions of it? It sounds like a scam. It smells like a scam. scam. Sounds like a scam. It probably is a scam. All right. We're, we'll talk about that coming up here in moments. So you can share your thoughts with us. 603-283-6160. You can join us here on Free Talk Live. is free talk live and you can join us here the number if you want 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160 it's ian bonnie and chris in the studio here tonight we're talking about these proposed crypto island projects and one of them is called Cryptoland. And you've actually looked into this, Chris. This is the first, personally, that I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, but apparently it just leaked out. I guess a video got leaked on YouTube uh, sometime in December, so it's fairly recent that this has come super, to yeah, super awareness. Uh, but you took a look into it, and your belief is this thing's a potential scam. We're going to get into that uh, coming up here. Of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. And we are raising funds for Give Directly. Now, this definitely is not a scam. Give Directly has been helping people in Africa and uh, people who really need assistance, people who are in dire poverty kind of situations. They, over the last decade, have delivered over $400 million to over a million people in places like Bomet and Kalifi counties in Kenya, which is who we're raising money for right now. 
Uh, research shows that giving cash directly to people living in poverty can help drive a range of important positive changes in their lives like employment, nutrition, health, and education. Plus, cash allows the individual to invest in what they need instead of relying on aid organizations and donors thousands of miles away choosing for them. So if you think that's a good plan, we agree. That's why we're matching your contributions to give directly up to $30,000 in total. So if you want to help out, go to give.freetalklive.com. That's give.freetalklive.com. We'll get back into this crypto island situation uh, in moments. But first, Robert is on the line in Massachusetts. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Um, I'm calling. I just had a question about Bitcoin. Um, I was wondering what's your opinion on the best way to buy Bitcoin right now? I've been looking at like a few different ways. It seems like a lot of them you have to use an ID. But I know like with ones like Monero, you don't need that. I, so I could probably answer this one. Um, so uh, the best way to buy crypto is in person, if you can. Um, uh-huh. Sometimes you can do that at things like crypto meetups, depending on where you are. Um, I know in Keene, New Hampshire, you know, people are frequently coming out to crypto meetups to buy and, and sell cryptocurrency if you, um, in person. I believe there's the Manchester is going to have their 500th crypto meetup. Like they're celebrating yeah. 10 years of weekly crypto meetups. They claim it's the most... Uh, I guess the longest running crypt- regular crypto meetup in on the planet. Uh, it's hmm, a pretty big claim, but they're celebrating that. I think it's like an invitation or not invitation, but it's a ticketed event. Uh, normally, they're not ticketed. Normally, you just show up and you know hang out with people. But I expect there's going to be a lot of people at that particular event. So if you're looking to uh, to make a crypto purchase in real life, that might be a good place to go do it. Yeah, I mean, basically find out where the crypto people are because it's not hard. It's it's you know it's like it's like making change for most crypto people. So unless of course you're looking to buy a large amount of cryptocurrency. I mean, the the that larger the amount, be. the more difficult. It could be more difficult. Yeah, it, it gets to be. Uh-huh. What were you What were you considering? Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get started in it, and like since it's at a low price, I figure like it's a good investment. Mm-hmm. So just looking at like the easiest avenue to start getting into it. Yeah, I mean, if you're not too worried about, you know, being on the radar, so to speak, um, there are certainly other places you can get it that are probably easier. But um, a lot, oftentimes... They all want to know who you are. Yeah, they often want to know yeah. your name and your address and your a photo ID and things like that. And, and they'll take a larger fee. Um, they'll take yeah. a small fee, generally. Uh, um, I'm saying larger depends. than if you met somebody in person, probably. But I guess That's it, probably it's probably true. Depends. Yeah, it's, pr- it's probably somewhere around 5% in person, usually. And, you know, an online exchange, you know, it one of the big ones might be 1%. Well, it depends, though. If you're buying it from another person, they may be in a hurry. If they are, you true. know, they need true. cash. Zero to 5%, then maybe. they Yeah, they might yeah. charge you 0%. It might be, they if they're really desperate, they might actually take a slight you know discount it, i've seen uh, that it, it does happen so you never know you yeah. just have to ask around and, and and if you ask a group of people then you usually get the best price because there might be more than one person who's willing to sell in that group and then you get a kind of a bidding war to say who's going to sell you at the cheapest price there's uh there's something called edge wallet and you can actually buy through edge wallet too um they've got a number of exchanges and that might be one way to, to but they're do it still going to want ID. Uh, they're they're definitely, I, I do yeah. believe you're right. They're going to yeah. want ID. Um, it's not too terribly difficult, and the Edge Wallet itself is fairly easy to use, so it might be a good starting place uh, just to try it out. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for like acquiring any large amounts of crypto, mm-hmm. but yeah, just checking it out. That might be the way to go. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you said the meetup would is that like on the Free State calendar? Yes, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah there should be free, multiple yeah. meetups on the Free State Project. Calendar. Calendar.shiresociety.com should take you right to that if you don't already have uh, quick access to it. But yeah, you should be able to find multiple crypto meetups there. 
Okay, cool. So that's what you'd recommend? I think that's the best way. I mean, it's it's the way to get plugged into the, the Liberty uh, crypto community here. And certainly a good way to possibly, you know, buy or sell. Yeah, I, and honestly, you know, any Liberty event uh, in New Hampshire, you're going to have a lot of crypto people at. So you don't even necessarily have to go to a crypto specific event. That's true as well. Good point. Okay, Robert, anything else? Cool. Uh, no, that answers my question. Thanks a lot. Good luck and thanks for the call tonight. There are a couple of other options. Uh, I don't know how many of the crypto vending machines out there have a super low tier where you don't have to show ID. I think... Th- a lot of them still require a phone number, yeah. Um, but I think it's like after a certain amount, they want you to show ID. So if you go to coinatmradar.com, that'll show you crypto vending machines that are nearby to your location. There actually like are thousands of these in the United States, so there's quite a bit. Look at more than one of them because they all have different rules. Some of them... Uh, might require ID at a thousand dollars. Others might require ID at fifteen hundred dollars. Others might require it the whole time. Some of them might charge you twenty percent. Others yeah, might some charge ten percent. So you're going to pay a lot through that means. And then of course there is localbitcoins.com, uh, which is full of scam artists. So you do have to be careful. Uh, but generally, if you buy from a reliable seller there, like somebody who's got a rating, then you're not going to be buying from a scam artist. So I think your risk is fairly low in that particular way. I, I, you know what I recommend people do usually is just buy a little bit of crypto at first mm-hmm. and then you know increase that over time. Right. You know, and then just keep using the same person if they're you know actually yeah. doing what they say. And, and local Bitcoins, you're... Some of them may actually ask you for ID because a lot of them, you know, are still being compliant with government regulations or whatever. But in that case, it's only that person that has that uh, that information. It's not like you're giving it to some mega corporation like Coinbase or something like that. So that's one of the less offensive, more I would say, private ways of buying. Uh, Bitcoin is through local Bitcoins, but just make sure that you're only using sellers that actually have like a solid rating. You don't want to use somebody that's got one sale under their belt because the seller could be a scam artist (laughs) if they don't have a solid rating. So just keep that in mind with that site. Uh, So we're talking about Crypto Land, which is one of these cryptocurrency island projects. We were just watching this ridiculously silly uh, video. It's There's this computer animated pitch video that they came up with. It's about 10 minutes in length. And it's, you know, just this guy arriving at this fantasy island, uh, basically, for crypto users and being taken on a, a tour by an anthropomorphic uh, Bitcoin with hands and, and feet. And, oh, know, Mr. More. Bitcoin's in it? Kind of, yeah. Kind of uh, like Mr. Bitcoin. Mr. Bitcoin isn't as cringy as this. Yeah, <laughs> this is pretty cringy. It's, it, as they say here in the Vice article, it is just loaded with memes and uh, pretty ridiculous. But your belief, Chris, is that this thing may actually be a straight-up scam. You say that these people who are selling these parcels on this island don't even own the island that they're, they're selling. Yeah, so, that's that's what I have heard from people who have looked into it further and contacted the people who are actually selling the island. Yeah. So if the island isn't actually been sold and it's now up for sale again, that means they don't own it. There's more coming up here. You can share your thoughts. Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com 
Free Talk Live. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want here. We're talking about these proposed cryptocurrency islands where wealthy crypto people, I presume, will be buying, if they're snookered into this thing, uh, parcels on... Uh, what is allegedly a privately owned island, but who really owns the thing? Uh, well, Chris did some digging, and uh, according to Chris, the people who are promoting this project don't actually own the island. So that is my understanding. Um, what are you it, buying? It, that is third party info. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I didn't personally contact the uh, the uh, sellers, but the island basically was up for sale. There was mm-hmm. somebody interested in it apparently, and then they backed out, and it's up for sale again so, so it sounds like these it, people the didn't go through in if they're not scammers yeah then it sounds like they're they don't have enough money to buy the island and they're trying to raise the money to buy the island that mm. might be uh that's a possibility if it's yeah. not an outright scam it's very like i said it's very it smells like a scam can't say it is a scam but it uh all of the there's buyer a, there's beware a, yeah there's a lot of misleading information let's put it that way about uh you know what the situation is and definitely buyer be aware <laughs> if you want some good information about cryptocurrency get over to bitcoin.com that's where you can click get started at the top of the page if you're just getting into it like our last caller uh just learning about crypto learning about you know bitcoin how do you get some of it well you can actually buy it through bitcoin.com they have an easy app there on the front page that'll allow you to buy bitcoin bitcoin cash and actually a bunch of other cryptos it used to just be bitcoin and bitcoin cash now they got a bunch of them that you can get there uh, over at Bitcoin.com. You can click Get Started at the top to learn about the basics of Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and cryptocurrency in general. You do need to learn a little bit. There's a bit of a learning curve. You have to, you should understand some of the uh, the new ideas that are coming to fruition because of Bitcoin and why is it changing the face of finance. You can do all of that over at Bitcoin.com. And if you're not new to crypto, get the latest news headlines over at news.bitcoin.com. So we're sharing a Vice story here about these cryptocurrency islands one of them is crypto land we've been where uh, is it again actually i don't know do you know chris did you ever find out you mentioned it oh i did um they don't say it here uh is it indonesia i think it might be indonesia oh wow well they have uh kimono dragons so count me out or komodo dragons oh lizards you mean like big lizards huge lizards the, uh, Eat so, dogs and babies. So the the video is ten minutes long and it's all animated. They don't have any actual like photographs or you know any buildings or there's nothing right. Like yeah. it's just a, <laughs> it's just a sales pitch and it's uh, as they describe it here. It's best described as an unhinged fever dream driven by a talking Bitcoin tour guide, a miserable amount of crypto jokes every step of the way, a strange dance number, and more. It's a full-on suffocation by blockchain meme. The toilets on the island are called S-Coin, and the toilet paper is made of dollar bills and labeled white paper with three R's, which for the blissfully uninitiated is a tortured play on the term white paper and the stimulus meme money printer go burr. So they're just literally combining memes yeah. together yeah. For, uh, for jokes here. It's hard to also overstate how important the creators of Cryptoland see this widely mocked video as being to their mission. 
One of them says in the video, quote, we quickly realized it was practically impossible to convey this all with a PDF or something because it's so abstract. You have to see it rather than read it like the Lambos, the BitConnect scam memorial, the Crypto Kitties, things we know people will get it if they see it. So after a lot of brainstorming, we came up with the idea of creating a 3D animated video. The film had to be awesome, but also very accurate at the same time because we must be sure we can deliver. The film. As the next, and the animation is, you know, it's like something you'd see on a lower budget movie or something. It's not bad. It's it just looks like nice. People that say film instead of video. There's yeah. there's a certain part of it that says something. They say something about Pixar. They spent a year with Pixar developers or something. Really? And well, it, that's not what happened clearly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and uh, it was very very quickly said in there, I guess. And um, but it, it's kind of funny because they they're like actually ripping off other people's content within the video. Are they really? Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 pretty cringy. As the next web pointed out in its dive into the island and Wikipedia editor Molly White in a Twitter thread uh, sharing her research into the project, there are a few problems that stick out even beyond Cryptoland's wild marketing video. Take the fact that the island mentioned in its quote why paper unquote an island in Fiji named oh, Fiji. Nananu I Cake is still for sale on at least two websites. And then they list the websites you can go and see for yourself. Yep. Despite the project's website claiming that it has secured a, quote, island purchase agreement, unquote. Well, that's that's bad sign number one. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if they're going to claim that they're under agreement to buy this thing and then the thing is still for sale. So it sounds it sounds like what maybe happened is that they did have a purchase agreement, but this almost sounds like, okay, well, let's get our, you know, our, uh, you know, dots, dot our I's and cross our T's so that when we end up in a courtroom, you know, we can at least say, well, we were, we, we weren't lying. Right. Mm. But it's, 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 it sounds like manipulation from the, from the beginning. So then there's also the island's small size compared to their grandiose plans. It's just 600 acres or less than one square mile. Or eyebrow-raising tweets. When one Twitter user asked Cryptoland what the age of consent would be, <laughs> Cryptoland's Twitter account replied, mental maturity should be more than enough. Um, one thing that's for certain, though, is that Shouldn't Crypt- have commented. Cryptoland yeah. is selling NFTs. They feature the video's talking Bitcoin mascot and fall into two types of NFTs. King Cryptolander NFTs that cost 319 Ethereum, which at what? the time of this writing was just over $1 million worth of Ethereum. So what's, what's up with people selling NFTs and just setting a price? That's so weird to me. Just auction them like... You know, like Melania, she was like, I'm selling 300 pictures of my eyes for $100 each. Well, Melania is now doing an auction. So she was setting the price. Now she's doing it differently. Um, But you can do your NFT however you want. I know, but it's just like, who's going to want to just buy that for three three million or whatever you said? I I still, one of the things I'm still not understanding is they're kind of implying that it's going to be a country, but at the same time, there's like no basis for that. They don't own the land. They don't have control over the land. There's going to be some government gang that's going to claim. Right. And that Dominion. land, as I understand it, is protected land. So it's... Oh, really? Yeah. So they can't even build on it even if they did buy it. So whoever buys it, even within... within uh, Sorry, what was it? Fiji? Uh, Fiji uh, wouldn't be able to build on it. Yeah. Uh, so don't see an asking price here, by the way, on this. So who knows what they actually want for this? I guess you have to you know, be a serious buyer if they're going to tell you what this island costs. I'm looking on the real estate mm. website. 
Uh, so the Crypto Lander NFTs, I imagine they're selling, it says here they're only selling 60. So they're looking to raise $60 million worth of cryptocurrency in this case. And I presume that includes a lot like that gets you a house or something like that. I don't know. Like why else would you? I mean, that's yeah, the implication must, yeah. from the video yeah. for sure. Uh, the remaining 9,940 of the NFTs will be standard CryptoLander NFTs that cost on average about $350 worth of Ethereum. This has to be a scam because if it's only a mile one way and mile another way, how how are people going to have their own houses all over it? Well, I mean... I mean, they're not... It's what's the 60 properties they said, was it? 60 properties and there's 600 acres, so that's yeah, 10 acres I mean, per. I mean, that's, that's plenty of room. They said it was for, yeah. one mi- square mile. Sure, uh, but that's apparently 600 acres. That's quite a bit. Of, I mean, that's still quite a bit of space. To give I mean, you an idea, the property that we're on right now is a tenth of an acre. So there's room. I mean, you, you know, presumably you're not going to get 10 acres, right? Like yeah. you're going to get it, like, let's say an acre or something like that. Uh, and that still leaves plenty of room for a, a restaurant and a, you know, working area or whatever the, the things they were talking about. And so. again, I mean, a lot of this is kind of misleading. So it might really be a, you know, uh, an apartment in a condo building or something like that. If it were to come, come to Could be. exist. Hmm. Yeah, they certainly don't have, you know, real clear uh, plans here. But the uh, Cryptoland said in a statement responding to the waves of criticism, quote, We've been victims of what seems to be a planned attack to harass, vilify, and twist our work. We condemn all the false information and false accusations <laughs> being spread about Cryptoland and invite those who are truly interested to make their own research and politely ask us if they want to know anything about this amazing project. However, okay, what's the edge of consent? <laughs> they didn't respond to Motherboard's request for comment yeah. to this story. Uh, And that's not it. There's another one called Satoshi Island. And we'll tell you more about that one on the way. You can share your thoughts. The number is 603-283-6160. Will any of these things actually come to fruition? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. The cryptocurrency projects that may be taking over an island, or maybe they're total scams from (laughs) top to bottom. Uh, That is something you do need to be aware of in the world of cryptocurrency. It is not... You know, regulated by the government gang, and even if the government gang comes in and tries to regulate it, they still can't control it because it's out of out of their control, especially <laughs> things that are outside of their physical jurisdiction. In fact, interestingly, one of the details I didn't mention yet about this is that apparently Cryptoland, if you try to buy one of their NFTs, you have to certify you're not a U.S. citizen in order to do that, which is interesting. Uh, which is funny because uh, I think they're the people that are selling it have I forget how they're doing it exactly, but they're like they're people who like I guess work for them sort of. Mm-hmm. They're U.S. citizens and they're not allowed to actually partake, but they've all signed this agreement or something to that effect. Weird. Hey, Chris knows a lot it's, more about this story than he let on. <laughs> yeah, you've looked into this deeply. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Did you look into their competitor, Satoshi Island? I no, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I know anything about that. Sounds so, like Yoshi Island. It might be uh, probably not as fun, but who knows? <laughs> uh, it's another crypto utopia, according to Vice, supposedly in the works, featuring a 32 million square foot island, which. Sounds large, but it's really only 1.1 square miles. So about the same size. Wait, as how is that the same size as 600 square? It was 600 acres, and this is 32 million square feet. So I oh, guess that's a similar I, I amount. I thought you had said 32 million acres. Yeah, I don't know how many uh, 
foot there are in an acre off the top of my head. But anyway, 1.1 square miles in Vanuatu, an archipelago of islands between Australia and Fiji. So in the same region of the world. It's slightly larger than Cryptoland, but has substantially less information available about it. Its <laughs> website states that the island is owned by Satoshi Island Limited, but there's no information on who runs the company or how beyond a team section listing some indiv- or how beyond a team section listing some individuals involved. It also claims to have a quote green light from the Vanuatu Ministry of Finance and all approvals in place, unquote. Motherboard reached out to various Vanuatu offices to confirm this, but has not heard back. Satoshi Island told Motherboard they have owned the island for some years, but when asked about the company's ownership, said, quote, some of the public team and advisors have legal control of the company, and then pointed them at the team section of their website. Running the master planning and development process is James Law Cybertexture, a Hong Kong architecture firm animated by the belief that, quote, our work can alleviate suffering for all segments of society, unquote. While the founders and main backers are obscure. How can you do that with 1.1 square miles? Well, uh, you're not going to help uh, most of society, but you'll certainly be helping the wealthiest crypto uh, yeah. people. But how might this, it brings up my same issue I have with Mark's idea to move to an island. Just how would living on an island, owning a lot of crypto and living on an island make your life better? I think you'd really quickly be like, oh, I'm sick of this crap. You'd get bored because there's nothing to do. Yeah, I'd go mean? crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you live in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, and I go crazy, <laughs> and it's way bigger than an island, and I am a- attached to other places I can go to, and I still go crazy. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, you can leave islands, though. It's not like you're stuck on an island, and most of the people do for like all sorts of reasons, like medical and... You know, then you immediately are away from all of the reasons that are supposed to be so great that you move to this island. You're well, all of a you sudden subject to, Keen, to Honduras. Right? And you can still leave Keen for, you know, anytime you want, just about. Yeah, but like, say I moved to Mark's Island off of Honduras, and I'm there because I wanted to live in a freedom-friendly world, whatever. But anytime I wanted to go to an actual shopping center, I had to go to Honduras and be subject to all their crazy laws and or kidnappings. So, <laughs> so I think I think you have some valid points to be made. And one of the problems with these sorts of projects is scale, right? Mm-hmm. You got to start with a group of people willing to do it. Um, and I, it's one of the reasons why I think the Free State Project was actually kind of successful. It's because people said, "Yes, I'm willing to do it," right? Mm-hmm. And put their name out there in front of it. But, Twenty thousand people, right? And it's it's I, I think it's been successful. Um, but at the same time, and it's, you didn't, we weren't asking people to move to the middle of nowhere. I mean, it is rural right, in New Hampshire, right. but you can still live in a city and have right. like city amenities. So, like, and and this is the thing. Like, I think if if you were going to try to do something like that, I mean, number one, I think you would need to do something similar, right? Because there's no way anybody's going to move to a place without jobs, without you know mm-hmm. all of these things. So you'd have to effectively start migrating people kind of all at once, you know, and have it planned out to some degree, I think, you know, in order to really make anything work. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely right, Bonnie. This sort of it, this is a pretty big commitment for anybody that's actually if it really is real, like we're presuming yeah. that one of these isn't a scam and is actually going to go forward and people are actually going to live there. I think that it's probably true that a lot of them are going to travel. Like these are, they're not targeting, you know, 
the average working Joe. They're targeting people who have a lot of money and who can afford to buy a chunk of an island, basically. And so those are the kinds of people who are probably already jet-setting types of folks. They're probably already flying around on, you know, private jets from yeah. place to place, Think things like Dubai, that. Dubai, you yeah. know, they're, and, uh, they're private islands. And that. so this would be a place where they would call this home, but they would still likely travel elsewhere. Uh, and then if this is their home, then theoretically that would mean whatever the laws are about cryptocurrency in that, in whatever place they are would be the ones that would, would count, right? Like, like that's why the Bitcoin city idea in El Salvador is going to be attractive because the El Salvadoran government is claiming we're not going to have an income tax. We're not going to have a capital gains tax. And when it comes to the Bitcoin, um, you know, the, the Bitcoin masses, so to speak, uh, many of whom have become very, very wealthy over time. These people want to avoid capital gains tax quite a bit. Mm. And the idea behind a capital gains tax, as I understand it, uh, is that if you buy a thing at a low value and then you sell that thing at a higher value later, the government wants to take like 30%. It's insane. Yeah. So you could understand why someone would want to possibly change their physical location to avoid that. If they had a lot of Bitcoin and then they wanted to sell that Bitcoin, they wouldn't want the government to take 30% of that. So the idea is to find a jurisdiction, a political jurisdiction somewhere on the planet that's more friendly. Now, whether or not you have to move to an island somewhere to find that, I don't know. And I don't know what kind of arrangement, if any, if presuming these are legitimate and it doesn't sound like they necessarily are, what kind of a arrangement do they have with Fiji or Vanuatu and, as far as their tax and, laws? And there's another there's another issue here. Why wouldn't you just get a passport? from a country and citizenship in a country because those are already programs that exist and they don't do. require you to buy well i mean sometimes they do require you to buy land but frequently you can just buy them outright so uh buy, buy the citizenship outright and buy the passport outright and therefore Not have to buy an nft right and it might be two hundred thousand right. dollars as opposed to a million dollars right yeah that's so a good point it, and they what's have your that objective in, right yeah i'm trying to think they Kids have that in- St. Kitts. St. Yeah. Kitts, yeah. Kitts is one of them. But there's, I, I believe, several countries oh, in the yeah, world where you can pay upwards of half a million dollars. And I don't know what the cheapest one is out there. Uh, it's not something that I've spent much time researching. But yeah, that, that exists. And, and in the case of uh, St. Kitts, I think you have to buy land or something. Uh, I think you, you, you don't just give them 400000 I think you might be able to buy some land for that but and actually have something besides just a passport. Yeah, sometimes again, it's not, not sure. Sometimes it's an investment in the country. Yeah. Other times it's land. Sometimes like opening a business or yeah, something. Yeah, sometimes like it's that. just you can buy it outright for you know a certain amount of money. And there's different, there's like different advantages to different uh, countries where you can buy citizenship, basically. So it, it kind of depends on you know what you're because some passports will give you access to certain other countries, whereas other passports won't. So if useful. you yeah. surrender your U.S. citizenship, you're going to want to make sure that it's with a – you then have citizenship in a useful country, country where you can still travel. So uh, let's see here. According to the story here, while the founders and main backers are obscured, the Satoshi Islands Law Group, the Cybertecture Group, is held up as one of the public faces in press releases and on the site, which promises to design the island according to his vision – Quote, modular development is the future of city building. Instead of decades, they will be completed in a few short years, reads one quote from the architect prominently emblazoned across a website. What does that mean? Well, his designs feature modular units that can be, quote, combined and placed into hundreds of positions to create unique homes, apartments, amenities, and offices. Imagine see-through shipping containers with softer edges. 
To help pay for this, there'll be two types of NFTs that, similar to crypto land, are not yet available. Citizenship and land NFTs. Citizenship section's first words are a disclaimer. Warning. Quote, Satoshi Island citizenship NFTs have no relation to citizenship of Vanuatu. <laughs> so you will still be considered a tourist unless you can become a citizen in Vanuatu. But I have heard, I think, that Vanuatu is one of those countries that will sell it to you. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. So there may be a way to accomplish So you have to that. pay more than a million dollars? So you'd have to pay for whatever they're asking for these as-of-yet-unminted NFTs. So I don't think we actually know what Satoshi Island is going to be charging for theirs at this point. Um, it's very, very speculative. <laughs> uh, if you're interested in this, though, maybe you've been following it closely and you want to disagree. You think this is not a scam. You've already dumped some money into it, so you, <laughs> <laughs> you're already feeling invested. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, we'll get into uh, Germany, where a newspaper has apologized for their coverage during COVID, and also they might be banning Telegram. You can also share your thoughts here on Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here as we kick off the second hour of the program. Phones are open. 603-283-6160. A German newspaper has apologized to its readers, specifically to the children of Germany. And we'll explain what that's all about with you tonight. It's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. Plus, will they be banning the Telegram app in Germany? Well, uh, Chris has a story about that. Of course, uh, the phones are open here, and you can bring up whatever you want. We've been talking about these cryptocurrency islands that are questionably organized by, well, in some cases, it's not really clear, I guess. I did go to the crypto or the Satoshi Island website, and they do have some dudes' pictures there on the website claiming that they're the ones who are involved in this, but either way... Uh, there's not a whole lot of evidence that any of the people that are pitching buying properties on these islands actually own the islands that they're reselling uh, to you. So there's some serious uh, questions out there. But nonetheless, we can go to your calls and thoughts about whatever's on your mind. Clamoring is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey there. Um, hey. I wanted to talk about the Pledge of Allegiance in schools. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, I guess, at all. Um, So I was recently with my two girls, ages 6 and 14, at a 4-H meeting of all places, and they said the Pledge of Allegiance, which I haven't personally heard in 
since I was a child. Wow. And then I got to asking, you know, my kids, my, my little one's in a private school, so they don't do it there. But my older one is um, in a public school, and apparently they do it on Mondays. Oh, interesting. When I was in school, they did it every single day. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, that's what I remember, yeah. every single day. Just, is it just bizarre that we're still doing this? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, why does it surprise you? Yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, we still live in a highly nationalistic land, so this thing—it's constantly being done at government meetings. And if it's a government school, you better believe it's being done there. I mean, it's an indoctrination pledge, so the state absolutely wants to continue it. Doesn't make it still bizarre or not bizarre? It is. Well, bizarre. No, it is I don't a- think anybody's doubting it. it's bizarre. It's very bizarre. <laughs> oh, it's- I'm fully against the thing, but yeah. I'm just not surprised that it—it's right. uh, continuing. I guess I've just been like so far removed here in the uh, quote unquote free state of New Hampshire that I haven't been exposed to it. And, and, uh, and you know, I, I certainly don't hang out with people that <laughs> say the pledge. Well, that is the nice thing about living in New Hampshire yeah, as, really a, as a free state project migrant is if you want to, you literally can surround yourself with all other liberty-minded people and and fairly successfully seclude yourself away from sort of normal society, if you will, that tends to do things like say, saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, uh, I, I have to say, I've been so... I definitely feel like I I don't communicate with people outside of my little community here in Keene just because it's like like I, I'm kind of blind to like what's going on around me sometimes. Mm. You know, I just don't see it because I, I just don't interact with those people. I saw that the most recent time I saw the pledge was this week. We were at a committee hearing in the state house and it was, since it was the beginning hearing the first hearing of the day oh. they opened the hearing with the pledge of allegiance i don't think yeah, I've i even... stayed seated and ignored it yeah, yeah i don't think i've i don't think i've i can't even remember ever having been to a uh, hearing like that where they've actually had the pledge but i don't i'm not surprised and i probably right. have heard it at like maybe a town hall or something republican like that. meetings had yeah republican meetings we were there. yeah we definitely have yeah. uh, been there oh yeah they it. did that on a zoom meeting uh last yeah. year that we all went yeah. to yeah that was weird um clamoring you should ask your older daughter if they give her the option to not speak and not put her hand over her heart because then there'd be definitely a big issue yeah have you had a conversation okay. uh, with her about the pledge one sec one sec did they give you that option oh, she's right there <laughs> she says that yes they do give you the option but it feels like they that you have to mm-hmm. that makes sense well it, it can feel that way from a you know a peer pressure standpoint right when everyone else is doing a thing and you're the odd man out that can be a very difficult situation to bear especially for a young person who's just trying to fit in in yeah. a lot of cases you know what's funny is i actually did uh not say the pledge at one point in high school and then nobody said it after that after i got yelled at mm. <laughs> it was pretty funny wow yeah, I like, also almost nobody said it after that, like because they were like, "Oh, wait, we can not say this," and so nobody said it. I also was uh, punished for not saying the pledge in high school. I just got a yell- little yeah. a little yelling at by a by a teacher. It wasn't it wasn't uh, like punishment or anything really, but but it's worth pointing out here, as every conversation about the pledge of allegiance deserves to have pointed out. You need to know this, and I don't think a lot of the people who just routinely say the pledge know this. 
It was written by a Christian socialist <laughs> in the late 1800s. He was a flag salesman who wanted to inculcate the people of America with more patriotism or nationalism. To sell so his flags. He would be able to sell more flags. And then ultimately, some somehow, it got. I don't know what the process was from going from him to becoming this national phenomenon, now, but somebody implemented it at was, a national level. Was this the Pledge of Allegiance or was this the, the Nazi Pledge? Pledge of Allegiance. Um, because there was a, that Nazi pledge no, thing it that wasn't, was going but on it Nazi pledge. It was that instead of putting your hand on your heart while saying the pledge originally, they were doing a salute. I'm not going to do it until somebody screenshots me. Yeah, it's called the fascist salute. And you've seen the Nazis Uh do that salute. And you can actually look, if you just search online for Pledge of Allegiance, Nazi salute, or fascist salute. <laughs> you can find little school children doing it to the American flag. Yes, there's no shortage of these old black and white photos of kids doing the Nazi salute to the American flag. And then after the Nazis wow, adopted it, then the United States government said, oh, no, no, no let's change it. We'll make it, it the hand, hand over, over the heart. heart. Yeah, yeah, it's just a yeah. nice, sweet gesture. <laughs> but that doesn't take away the fact that it is absolutely socialist pro-government indoctrination and everyone who says the pledge who's also supposedly against socialism needs to stop saying the pledge hmm. well we did not know that history so we're gonna oh, wow. look it up tonight yeah oh that's gonna be a very interesting history lesson for you and clamoring okay. anything else you want to share tonight Nope, that's it. Thank you so much. The man's name is Francis Bellamy, who was the author of the pledge. And thank you for the call tonight. That's interesting. I, I figured, I just presumed, oh, libertarian must know the, the history of the pledge. But oh, not I, even all libertarians. I only heard of it this year. I, yeah. I wouldn't assume that. I think most libertarians don't even, don't even know that they're libertarian. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it's, that's it's true. A, it's a mentality. And it's like, until somebody has like, and, and, and libertarians have been ignored, you know, nationally and mm-hmm. probably internationally. Uh, they've just been ignored. So it's there. You don't exist. You don't even know that there's other people who think like you, um, out there. And if you don't know that, then how are you ever even going to find out about some of these things? Yeah. It's a habit that we need to break and actually, Actually, it makes me think we need to have that uh, New Hampshire anthem ready for next week because like, at all these, <laughs> I understand, at, at all these uh, you know, protests that go on that are supposedly critical of the U.S. government, there's so many of them, they have a Pledge of Allegiance <laughs> or they sing like the national anthem or whatever. And it's like, you guys, it's terrible. you guys they don't just have like, American flags waving. They certainly do it, that. It is. It's, it's, it's so bizarre too. Like it's like, that's even more bizarre than the Pledge of Allegiance in schools. Like that, I understand you're being forced to, or it feels like it. Right. Like I yeah. get that the government wants to indoctrinate you, but for somebody to come up and be like, I support freedom and they're holding a flag at a rally of some kind. Yeah. Just, like, I don't understand. It's that. a, it's a level of cognitive, uh, you dissonance? know, dissonance. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. That it's, well, doesn't fit. You said that people who claim to be not socialists need to stop doing the pledge of allegiance. There are people who claim to be not socialists who completely support socialist policies, like socializing protection <laughs> Like the military, yeah, yep. the military and yep. the oh, police. Uh, the protest we went to, um, <laughs> we were telling them they're socialists, the yeah. Republicans, because they were supporting, you know, things like uh, what was it like uh, was social security and, th- things and of that social nature. security and uh, just that we should pay for their police. Yeah, and they don't department. understand it. They don't understand how social security works. Nope. It's you're paying through taxes for somebody else. Correct. It's not. The money that you paid in, you know, when you were no, young. you're paying you were, for the old people right, right now. <laughs> right. It's just another form of tax. It's it's wealth redistribution. Right. Exactly. And 
so there's this New Hampshire, I don't want to, you know, maybe we could call it an anthem or something like that. And Bonnie doesn't like it. Because it gets stuck in my head. It's <laughs> well, corny. That's a, good that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But it's so corny. It is corny. It's from the 1970s. That just means it's going to go over well with the and I, Yeah, I think it might just work. I think the thing is, we need to replace their Absolutely. U.S. nationalism with New Hampshire nationalism. And I'm not in favor of nationalism, right? Like, right. I'm in favor of the individual. But these are the steps we're uh, going to have to yeah, take. You're spot on with this, Ian. There's more coming up. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Talk live. Phones open here if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And it's Chris. Of course, you can bring up absolutely anything that you want to discuss here, whether it's the Pledge of Allegiance, the U.S. nationalistic pro-socialist indoctrination pledge that was written by an actual socialist in the late 1800s possible uh, nazi that's what we we're talking about so you can uh, of course uh, bring up whatever you want that was actually a caller who uh who brought that one up uh, it's ian bonnie and chris in the studio tonight we're going to go back to your calls and thoughts with uh, someone who claims to be a socialist actually she says she's a communist and what's know, the difference the difference is real subtle isn't it sarah what what is the difference between a socialist and a communist well, uh, to me, there is no difference. To me, honest. She's honest. Wow, that's the, the first honest, uh, honest socialist I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Sarah. Yeah. What were you saying? So, there's no difference in what? There, the, to me, there is no so, this difference between socialism and, and communism. Mm-hmm. What? Why do you think there is any kind of difference? And the reason I called in about is that, you know, Dylan uh, Queen is a pharmaceutical. They got sued, and they have to pay out $90 million worth in penalty. It just was announced. Uh, a New York judge announced that. What is this but, company? You know, a pharmaceutical this, company? I've never heard of them. Darren? Yeah, it's called Darren Queen. I, I just only heard it one time on the news tonight. Hmm. So the, But the, what it is is they hold it the market. And then they excluded all the generic brands uh, from copying their ingredients. But, you know, as a socialist communist, our medication would be completely free in a communist society. <laughs> they, they're the capitalist. Oh. Yeah, they're, they're, there you go. Why would anyone they, they, be motivated to make new medicines if they weren't able to be compensated for their efforts? Well, well, like this company, well, he has to pay out ninety mil, sixty-nine million. That's how no, much. No, no, you didn't answer my question. For, for, no, 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 you for, didn't answer my question. Yeah, okay. okay, my question okay, was, they, what is okay, the motivation for someone to invent right? something if they can't be compensated, meaning paid for their work? Well, the thing is that it's okay that you have your needs met, like everybody else. There, there's no, you make something to benefit your society and your community, not so for from yourself. the good of your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the good, good of your heart. That's why the doctors and the socialist country they work for free. Everybody gets housing, they get food. Everybody gets free health care, free education up the university level. See, the uh, thing is, Sarah, you just don't understand. Good. Well, I, wait, I don't understand how 
she is all giddy about this company that created a monopoly getting found out and punished, but yet she doesn't understand that the only way for all healthcare to be free, quote-unquote, would be for the government to create a monopoly. So I don't know. She's completely (laughs) contradictory right now. It is kind of humorous, isn't it? They made... Whatever they what, what okay whatever costed them they make four thousand dollars worth in profit four thousand dollars it's nothing the markup okay so now the sixty nine million is about what they made in profits and so they now they have to pay it in penalties because they hoarded the market they excluded all of the generic brands from copying the key ingredient the active ingredient so this would have not have been allowed in a communist country. Yeah, there would be no development like you're talking about in a communist (laughs) country. And the only way they would get medication is to rely on the freer market countries to where medication is being developed for a profit, where there's an actual serious motivation for people to do it. And then they would import that medication if they could even afford to do so. Are are you aware that during uh, the Soviet Union, they actually had a serious catalog where they would actually (laughs) go through it and copy uh, like prices and things because they they had no free market and they couldn't determine what things could cost. Uh, that 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 does kind of sound believable, you know. I mean, it does, but you know something. I think that if <laughs> that that if people are taught that you share and from a childhood that's how you're raised, you think it's perfectly fine. A lot of people do believe that they want to give of themselves and service, not to make money, like school teachers. Yeah, just just because they believe it doesn't mean that people are working hard and uh, resulting in you know economic activity that is going to result in them prospering. That's the problem, Sarah. You're undermining uh, the economic activity, which is why people might think they're. I don't even want to say people are happy. I mean, often these people are starving. They're not happy. They're in not communism. Doing well. You mean? Yeah, yeah, they believe in communism, but they're still not doing well because it's undermining their economic activity yeah yeah here's the thing sarah what you're talking about with sharing there's nothing wrong with sharing it's it's a nice thing to you know be willing to give to another person uh that i don't think those things should be taken out of society or anything like that but the difference is between communism and real sharing is with real sharing you share because you want to you share because it feels good you share because it's helping someone. Whatever the different reasons oh, are. That, so hold on, hold on, Sarah. I'm not done. Whatever okay. the different reasons are for the individual, they're choosing to share. Whereas under communism, they're told you will give to others or you will be shot. And that's the difference. Under communism, sharing is mandatory. It is forced by the threat of violence and actual violence. And that leads people to not want to be so generous. And it leads people to hide their wealth. It leads people to uh, to feel, you know, upset at the idea yeah. of having to give people uh, the things that they've earned, especially when other people aren't actually pulling their own weight, when they're actually acting as though they're hurt, even though they could work in the fields or whatever, and then they're just taking instead of giving. Uh, and it gets really ugly because what you're talking about is going against human nature, and you're going to try to th- use violence uh, to force people to share, and it never works. And yeah. as a kid, a lot of people are taught that things are black and white, and they are taught that a lot of things are virtues that aren't necessarily always virtues. And sharing is one of those things. Imagine you have a friend that is down on his luck. You give him some money to help him out. He doesn't use that to better his life. He just keeps you know, blowing it on uh, junk food or something. 
and drugs. you just keep continuing trying to help him. It's eventually not a virtue. You're just giving this person you're enabling uh, them. enabling them. You yeah. know, and that's what would happen in socialism. Sorry, Chris, what are you going to say? Yeah, I mean, just because crony capitalism is bad, Sarah, it doesn't make socialism good, right? Yeah, but the, well, I mean, think about it. Do you, uh, do you guys support that they're getting sixty-seven million dollars? So, according to you guys, they're perfectly. They, they need to keep this profit instead of getting penalties. No, no, we're against crony capitalism, so, which Sarah, is only possible by the government. Right. Yeah, you, you seem to have this impression that we support. You know, uh, these. Uh, it, it's funny because, like, I am not a fan of these corporations basically having a monopoly. That's that's you know that's right. I guess you could say that's crony capitalism. I'm against that, but it's because the government is using violence to achieve that monopoly, right? Um, without that, you wouldn't have uh, some of these costs. One of the reasons we have these costs is because of because of government, right? Right. So patents, for instance, which is something that the government has created right. to give a monopoly over a certain idea for a specified period of time to these corporations patents prohibit competition and they prohibit a free market which we do not have you're talking about the medical business that is one of the least free markets in the united states it is highly regulated and highly controlled anyone who wants to should be able to be a doctor anyone who wants to should be able to uh you know put a pill together or whatever and then it's up to you to decide whether you trust that person to administer those things to give them to you or to sell them to you and let the market decide through you know various different voluntary checks and balances what you're talking about is as they said crony capitalism we're against that more free talk lives video archives have been on library for years library is an uncensorable decentralized blockchain based media sharing protocol and we're big fans of it here on free talk live in 2020 library launched odyssey a video sharing website to compete with youtube and it's really taking off now with over 1 million channels many of whom are disaffected youtube creators during youtube's crackdown for not towing the government line on covid the free talk live youtube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. Phones open here if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Whatever's on your mind, you can take control of the airwaves here. With you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. And also, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Intercoin. The folks over at Intercoin have uh, been offering services to help Companies and groups, uh, com- you know, communities launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. And now Intercoin has launched its own investor token. And you can buy it on an exchange. It's called xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. All you need is an email address to get uh, some Intercoin over there at xmarkets. 
And that's different from most centralized exchange. A lot of them want to know who you are and get a bunch of you know personally identifying information. You don't have to do that at X Markets. You can deposit dozens of different cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and use that Tether to buy ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. You can learn more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org or buy or sell ITR at xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world we continue with your calls and thoughts before we do that though did you guys have anything else you wanted to say about uh medicinal developments and free markets versus socialism because i don't know if we've you know that's a, a fairly deep topic and i we just kind of scratched the surface on yeah it. i i don't i don't think we have anything uh, i don't have anything more to say but um i think i mean it's certainly a topic we could continue on about but i think we concluded pretty pretty good spot yeah, I just I guess I will add that I I want to see a free market in medicine because then we'll actually see how cheap medicine can be. You know, a lot of the complaints about the market in medicine today is that it's very expensive and it's a legitimate complaint. Absolutely. And it's a situation that has been created by the government. <laughs> by the government. It's artificial 100%. Yes. Yeah, because in in a free market, which we don't have, you have open competition where Anyone who wants to can create something and offer it for sale, and that scares people. They feel like, oh my god, we have to have the government to approve medications. Well, even with the government approving medications, you still end up having terrifying side effects of things. Look at what's happening with the uh, the vaccines, for instance, for, for COVID, as just one recent example. But there's been other ones where the federal government has come back and said, oh yeah, that medicine that we approved 10 years ago, turns out it causes you know, fill in the blank, malady, and all these people died from it, and we're going to recall that medicine now. So, like, the the process is political. The process costs billions of dollars for these corporations to get medicines through. And why is the, the cost of medication so high? Because of the hoops that they have to jump through to not just develop the medications, but to get it through the bureaucratic process. And so that's the reason why... Things are so expensive in the medical field. And then, of course, there's all the liability that goes on. So, really, it's all created by the state. And giving the state total control over medicine isn't going to make that better. It's going to make it worse. And as we were saying, it, you're working against human nature uh, when it comes to communism. But I'm sure Sarah will call in again soon enough about that topic. Always. Uh, she didn't listen <laughs> at all. No, she doesn't. She doesn't listen. No. And that's okay. But that's it's not. we're not here to convince Sarah. We're here to convince the people who are maybe on the fence. Maybe they're unsure. Maybe they've heard you know, good things about socialism and communism uh, in government school. Or the people that think that we're in a free market. We're not. It's not even close. Richard is on the line also calling from New Mexico. Richard, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, I appreciate you taking my call. Sure thing, Richard. My, my complaint is since President Biden had his vaccine mandate for companies over 100 people workers to get their vaccinations shot down by the supreme court our new mexico dictator governor and apparently our mayor in albuquerque are trying to push companies to mandate their own vaccine requirements that everybody get uh their vaccines and their booster shots mm. and i don't know if this case if people will take it to the new mexico supreme court or maybe it will go to the national supreme court 
but they're trying to push it. Uh, the police and fire firemen's union people are discussing the you know legalities of a force mandate. So, by, just to clarify, Richard, are they trying to force it on only government employees, or are they forcing it or tra- attempting to force a vaccine mandate on all employers in New Mexico slash Albuquerque? Uh, apparently, they're trying to force the state, state and city government workers yeah. into this mandate. And I wouldn't be surprised if our dictator governor here and our Democratic governor, uh, mayor, would also try to push this on people too because they both seem to be in lockstep with the democratic party with president biden as their leader they've been doing this in a lot of the big cities like new york city uh for instance and i I can't name the other ones offhand but i'm I'm pretty sure they're doing it in new york city i don't know about new york state uh but they're doing this where they're saying if you're working for the government you have to get a vaccine and the uh, and as you pointed out, Richard, what's happening there has been happening in in the New York City, where the and I think Chicago as well, where the police unions are against this. Uh, we actually are a friend Conan who works in the postal service. They've been telling them that they have to get the vaccine, but the postal service union is against it. So in the cases, you know, I'm generally against public service unions, but in this case, the unions are taking the correct position. And they're saying, look, our, uh, you know, these these people, these uh, union members, are, it's their bodies. It should be their choice. And uh, you shouldn't be forcing this on people. But but the courts, I believe so far, and, you know, maybe there's different results in different places. It probably depends on, you know, how leftist a certain state's court is. But the courts have been backing up the cities, I believe, on these. Uh, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong on that. And thank you, Richard, for the call tonight. The number is 603-283-6160. Sort of for the same reason that the U.S. Supreme Court just ruled against the mandate for businesses over 100 employees, but upheld the mandate for companies that accept Medicare and Medicaid. So the idea being, if you are... In a deal, if you've if you'd enter an agreement with the the federal government to say that you want to accept their payments, then you're their lackeys. Then you will do what they say, and so that same quote unquote logic is going to likely be applied to the government workers. It definitely is being applied to the federal government workers. I I know because uh, well they're doing it to the military. That's right. And my little sister used to have a government job, and they were. Like uh, talking about how pretty soon everybody's going to have to get vaccinated. She just happened to move, so mm. she never had so to get vaccinated. So she avoided it. Yeah, but. And your brother is thing. in the military and he's going to be leaving? Oh, yeah. He's getting kicked out of the Air Force because he was one of two people in his entire um, base, wow. I think they call it, who wouldn't get the vaccine and they're both getting kicked out. Two people. Hmm. How many people are at the, the base? Is oh, it a large amount. Yeah, thousands. Mm hmm. Hmm. That's amazing. Tucson. People follow these. Uh, they follow. They follow blindly, unfortunately. Sure. And um, well, they want to keep getting paid. You yeah. Know? They want to keep getting the look. The government paychecks. They get paid real good. They get the uh, the paychecks are real nice, and then their benefits are also real nice on top of that, right? Like they get health care coverage and all kinds of other stuff. So I'm and they're sure- the type of person who already signed away their rights as a human being to the government when yes. they join. So they are willing to be told what to do. 
And so the idea that, uh, I mean, I would have hoped there would have been more than two out of thousands. So that's really, really sad. Uh, but I think you're going to find that at the city level with these city bureaucrats, they're going to be forced into this. And, I, you know, it does make me interested because we were talking about the New York City situation as it was happening. And I'm curious if there have been updates. I have not seen them. Uh, but the last that I remember was the police unions were saying, we don't support this. We're going to fight this. The city created a deadline and said, if you are not vaccinated by this deadline, you're not allowed to come to work. And so that was that was a couple months ago. So Wait, where? Massachusetts? In New York City. Oh. So I'll have to look into it and see, you know, if anything has shaken out, if they've had to hire those people back because they were going to lose like a third of the New York City Police Department. Awesome. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. You can join us and bring up whatever's on your mind if you want to weigh on on this question or whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Chris. And I was curious, like we were talking about the... Uh, Richard had called in there and bringing up the fact that governments, city and state governments, are cracking down on their own employees, saying you have to get a vaccine mandating that and i said you know that sounds familiar i wonder what happened with new york city because he's in albuquerque and new york city we were talking about i don't know three months ago apparently that uh, they were poised to take a roughly 30 percent of the city's police department off the job and strange strangely i can't find any updates since that happened, or at that least was being why? so covered up even at the time when they were covering all the uh, videos of the protests, they were saying weird things like not explaining that it was cops in a lot of them. It was just like some people. Right. They probably backed down because if you're going to lose 30 percent of your workforce, it probably can't risk that. And and so they, they of course, they don't want to publicize that. So they should call uh, and ask. Yeah, they they just uh, didn't publish any stories or updates to it. Hmm. Yeah, there there is news from November 4th about the Police Benevolent Association suing the city over the mandate. And oh. there's not a single update since then about the status of that lawsuit. Maybe there hasn't been a hearing uh, about it, but I cannot find anything about that particular lawsuit. There was a published story from the Washington Post on November 2nd. New York police unions warned vaccine mandates would pull 10,000 officers off the streets. So far, the number is 34. Fewer than three dozen uniformed officers out of about 35,000 were placed on unpaid leave Monday when the deadline expired. In addition to 40 civilian New York Police Department staff, many more await a decision from the city on their request for religious and medical exemptions. In total, they say 85% of the NYPD staff are vaccinated. But I believe it was only 70% of the uniformed officers were vaccinated. So since that story, there has been, at least from what I can tell here, very little news coverage as far as what other things may have transpired. So yeah, maybe they backed down. But And, and that would explain why the news media wouldn't have put, posted a follow-up. Yep. Right? Uh, if you're in New York City and you know more and you want to weigh in, you're welcome to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. And if we hear anything about these uh, various different lawsuits, we'll certainly let you know. 
Um, so let's get into the Germany stories. You guys had a couple stories about Germany tonight. Uh, Bonnie, yours was regarding the German newspaper, one of the largest, if not the largest German newspaper, coming forward with an apology. This story says it is the largest. This is from techstartups.com. Germany's largest newspaper, Bild, B-I-L-D, apologizes for harming society over its coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic during the past 18 months. Back in April 2020, we wrote about Germany's largest newspaper, Bild, after it condemned China for endangering the world and also for being the world's, quote, greatest export of the coronavirus. With a circulation of currently about 1.37 million copies daily, the Bild newspaper is published by the Axel Springer Publishing Company. That is a large newspaper. I think that that even dwarfs the New York Times. This sounds like they're under pressure from China. Hmm. Um, China, China will will do that sort of thing to people uh, and companies and entities in order to get them to like apologize for for saying mean things about China. It would make sense if that's what they ended up saying. But when I get to the apology, I don't think it's related to China. Really? It sounds like people who actually had a change of heart. Says after enduring the COVID nineteen over eighteen months, the situation in Europe was, and especially Germany, seems to be getting worse. As Europe battles the fourth wave of infections sparked by the Delta variant, about two hundred and four thousand protested in Paris and other French cities on Saturday against a mandatory coronavirus health pass for entry to many public places, according to a report from Reuters. France is not alone. There are also protests in. Berlin, Germany, and Italy over the COVID-19 passports. But mm. I'm just going to skip ahead to the quote. So here, This is a, the excerpt from the paper, yes, what the, they said. The paper came out with a video on their website. And it's the editor-in-chief speaking. Mm-hmm. And here's what he said. To the millions of children in this country for whom our society is responsible, I want to express here that neither our government or what neither our government nor our chancellor dares to tell you. Hmm. We ask you to forgive us. Forgive us for this policy, which for a year and a half has made you victims of violence, neglect, isolation, and loneliness. Sorry for this policy and media coverage, which, like poison, made you feel like you were a mortal danger to society. You are not a danger to society. Don't believe this lie. It's up to us to protect you. What happened to our children, many people, and Bild denounce it. Merkel, organ- did, did she organize a summit for children? This was originally in German, so it's kind of a weird mm-hmm. translation. Did Merkel organize a summit for children? No. Instead, we persuaded our children that they were going to murder their grandma if they dared to be what they are, children, mm. or if they met their friends. None of this has been scientifically proven. It was easy to force that on the kids. They can't defend themselves and they don't vote. When a state steals the rights of a child, it must prove that by doing so, it protects him against concrete and imminent danger. This proof has never been provided. It has been replaced by propaganda, presenting the child as a vector of the pandemic. Those who wanted to contradict this propaganda were never invited to the experts' table. And they still aren't. And what was it that made them? I, I don't know if he addresses so this. Weird. Um, I, it's shocking. Yeah, like 
It's the only thing what in the world that I've heard of this of, of happening. Yeah, like, like this Fox News isn't coming out saying they're sorry. You know, CNN's not coming out saying they're sorry. Right. So what yeah. motivated the editor of this paper or the editorial board to come out with this statement after two years? I think these people years. found, you know, looked into the facts and realized what they're doing is harming society, like they said. Hmm. I don't know, man. They've done it for two years. Better late though, than never. Any kind of a, you know, if you had any kind of like doubt or you know anything like any kind of concern you think that would have happened already right? maybe they were completely propagandized themselves maybe so but i, I mean and like i said better late than never i mean i don't disagree with what they're doing at least they're doing it has there been a changing so, government in germany there was wasn't there recently a changing government maybe it has to do with that there was mm. a vote for and Angela Merkel is now not the chancellor, but she's currently still the sitting chancellor until the other one can take office. I'm not sure why. Mm. I don't know. She's just kind of like the unelected chancellor right now. I mean, if you're a journalist, you're supposed to show both sides or all sides of a story. And that's certainly something that journalism has not been doing when it comes to COVID-19 in the last two years. So somebody's conscious really got to them. It sounds like it. Tell me more if there is. To share. They said our policies would do better to open schools and sports halls rather than polling stations. Otherwise, they will live on their conscience and will leave in the history books a multitude of innocents. Okay, sorry. It's just like a weird translation. That's I mean, it. The only other thought I had is maybe they didn't intend for things to go on as long as they did. Hmm. And now they want to try and recover, but now they can't because... There's everything's been overblown. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, I don't know. It's just so weird. It Maybe. is certainly possible that they were caught up in the fear, just like so many people were. And, Maybe they were worried that, uh, you know, if they didn't take the pro-fear position that they were going to lose readers, but then they found out they were losing readers because they took the (laughs) pro-fear position because there's literally thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in the streets protesting uh, the COVID passports. And they realized, oh, there are people out there that want to hear the other side of the story. I don't know. It's very interesting. And I would be curious to know the the mindset and the thoughts behind this, this. Again, I presume it was a board of... You know, when, whenever a newspaper makes a statement, it's usually not just the publisher. It's usually like the editorial staff. Yeah, that's the editor in chief that was right. speaking. I wonder if maybe the board changed, like there was a uh, some sort of takeover kind of, you know, somebody was ousted and now it, mm. it, it tipped the balance from one side to the other. And so this is this is the result. Maybe it started actually affecting these people's kids. Could be. Maybe yeah, they, it personally. It wasn't for a while and it's just started getting worse i don't know it's too bad there's not more to the story yeah, that would it. give us some sort of inclination as to what 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 happened or maybe it just simply affected their sales you know maybe. a lot of companies are going to change their tune real fast if they think it's going to make them more money or if it's going to stop the hemorrhaging of cash uh that that, that might have been happening to them so hard to say uh you said it was over what it was over a million 1.37 million copies daily copies daily I wonder if that's actual physical copies, because I looked at the New York Times, and they don't even crack a million. Hmm. They claim over 5 million circulation, but that's over 4 million is online. I'm wondering, is it, what, what's the source of this? Tech news, tech startup, I forgot I said it at the beginning. We'll continue here. The number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. You're welcome to weigh in here on Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of 
where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program. The phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. Before we get into your story, Chris, which is also another Germany-related story, we have the one about the German newspaper surprisingly issuing an apology for their obedient coverage of COVID-19, you know, their pro-government, lock-up, pro-lock-up kind of coverage. They were apologizing, especially to the uh, the children of Germany. Very interesting. Uh, but uh, related to that, in, uh, in other German news, you've got something, Chris, but first... We're going to share with you a quote from our friend Nobody. Bonnie's been doing uh, some research. She's been digging through old Nobody interviews because our friend Nobody has been prohibited uh, by court bail conditions in the Crypto 6 case. You can learn more about that over at thecrypto6.com. He's been prohibited from speaking publicly about him or in, you know his opinions or anything. And so we dug up some old opinions of Nobody, and uh, you did the digging, Bonnie. We're doing the reading. Uh, here is one of them that you found. He said this, quote, The first fact of life in living under a government is you live under constant threat of extortion. They are literally saying that you need to pay us for a contract that you never willingly entered into. Unquote. Yep. And of course, the contract he's talking about there is the so-called social contract. Sounds socialist. Which definitely sounds socialist. It certainly doesn't actually exist. Because if you ever ask somebody who's an advocate of the social contract to show it to you, well, they can't. It's just an idea. Yeah. The idea of the social contract is you do what we say, we being the government gang, and they say whatever they want to say. You can't call anything contract if it hasn't been agreed to by both sides and signed. Correct. Correct. Yeah. The, uh, the contracts have very specific uh, aspects to them. There are certain elements that make up a contract. You have to be presented with the contract. Meaning you have to, like you said, you have to have the opportunity to review it. You have to have the opportunity to think about it. Uh, You have to be offered consideration. You know, what do you get in return? Like, what's the deal, you know, here? What are you paying for and what are you getting in return? Uh, So there's uh, offer, there's acceptance, consideration, I believe. uh, I feel like there's a fourth thing, but I didn't look it up, so I don't remember offhand. Uh, But there are specific elements and the social contract, of course, meets none of those. It's pure fantasy pure pro-government propaganda and it's just a justification by people who want to control your life people who believe in the social contract theory will say that you implicitly agree by 
still living here, but there isn't a place on the planet where you can go and not live under a government. Not that we know of, although who knows, maybe one of these crypto islands someday will uh, will successfully accomplish that, but I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for it. So speaking of res- uh, repressive governments, Chris, what's the island or the uh, the government of Germany up to? <laughs> so apparently uh, this is a story from Bloomberg and they're reporting Germany raises prospect of shutting Telegram uh, down over hate threats. Um Sounds crazy, uh, considering you can do a you can spread hate messages and death threats on any platform. But uh, apparently uh, they really have Telegram in its sight for whatever reason. Germany raised the prospect of closing down the Telegram messaging service over concerns about its use as a platformer for extremist groups. The company could seek to block the service if the government reaches the conclusion that it breaches national and European Union law. I mean, basically, free speech violates European Union law sounds and right. German mm-hmm. law. I, it just sounds crazy to me. The United States is, I don't know if it's unique in the world, but it's fairly unusual in that it actually has a, you know, protection, supposedly, for freedom of speech. I yeah. mean, not even Canada has that. I mean, this is like, this would be like kind of, this would be very little different than saying, okay, you can't have a web browser. Um, mm-hmm. Telegram is just a kind of a generic chat app. It's not for like right-wing extremist groups or any particular group. I guess the difference between calling it, you know, I don't think you can quite make the analogy to a web browser because the web browser doesn't actually hold any of the content. It just views the content, whereas Telegram actually does have, you know, servers that hold the content. a storage mechanism. That's so true. there is that. That's true. Um, and Telegram has, in the past, taken down terrorism-related channels but from my knowledge, that's the only thing they've ever targeted true. for takedown. I mean, there are aspects of web browsers, too, that have storage. Like, um, have you heard of Pocket? No. Pocket will store, I think your, I think it's, I don't know exactly what it stores, but link. at least it stores links, I believe. Mm, okay. So it'll like save your browsing history and things of that nature. Right. So should the should Pocket be prohibited or any web browser right, be prohibited from allowing if, you to bookmark a you know a, an evil website? Right. If you can use a browser like Firefox and use Pocket to save your hate links, mm-hmm. then maybe it should be shut down. Mm. I mean, it's I think it's just an absolute. That's about the same level of crazy us, yeah. argument. I mean, I know that Germans love WhatsApp. Why can't you send a death threat or a hate message over WhatsApp? You can, you can, oh, you can. I you mean, can. this is this is the point. It's it's just it's crazy. It's like it's a general tool, and we're going to shut it down because a certain group uses it, mm-hmm. or some percentage of it, or a certain group uses it. Even though there's other people on the app opposing side that also use it, it's obvious to me that they want to take it down because it's hard for them to patrol. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's some truth to that, but it, you know, Italy has been successful at censoring Telegram. So, oh, really? Yeah, and How? I don't. Uh, they had a court order, and uh, Telegram censored the room. Um, oh, wow. Um, I think it had to do with piracy websites, but mm. nonetheless, the point is that it can definitely be censored, and Telegram is definitely reacting to governments, uh, mm. you know, efforts to to you know shut down. Did uh, Telegram censor the room only for people in Italy? And only on certain apps. I don't know the entire details of this, but what I do because know I know they have is done... Telegram has also censored on the Apple App Store. They've also censored right. based on pressure from Apple and Google. Right. That's what I was going to say. So, they did modify their app for Apple. I knew that much. 
um, to to exclude certain rooms from being accessible through the Apple app. Uh, and that's likely because governments are pressuring Apple and Google to do these right. things. But if you use their app, if you use Telegram's actual like desktop app, then those rooms are supposedly available. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's also uh, rooms, as I, I think anyway, that have been completely removed from Telegram. Uh, terrorism rooms have been. Terrorism rooms, yeah. yeah. So, And the question is, well, what is terrorism? It's probably effectively, it, most governments interpret it as anything that's against what they see as their interests. True. So, you know, opposing political enemies or parties that, you know, are outlawed, so to speak. And, you know, that, that might mean, you know, Republicans in some countries or Democrats in some, or the equivalent of that. Uh, maybe. To be fair, uh, Odyssey has censored their app on on the Apple platform as well. Yeah, because you won't, you can't be on the Apple App Store without implementing censorship. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they would rather be there than not be there. Yeah. So they made it so you can't search for certain terms on Odyssey on the Apple version of their app. Yep. But if again, if you're using their website, you can search for all of those if things. it's it's it, it, yeah, it just it just. It, it kind of it makes me go like, wait, what? Because does that mean a browser has to have implement a censorship list within the browser in order to be on the App Store, Google's or Android, at least um, at least Apple's App Store? Um, but uh, Google has been doing similar kinds of things. Um, I think Apple has mm. been doing it to a greater degree. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's like, well, where do you take this? And if it's a decentralized app, right? Like because you know, like say something like Mastodon, mm-hmm. where um, there's a dozen apps or, you know, right. six I mean, apps. Or am I not allowed to write a, or write an app and publish it to the uh, Apple app store, or maybe even Google's uh, play store. If, if it, if I, if it's not like, I don't, how would I even know like what to censor within the app? It's because yeah, well, you can enter any domain or yeah, URL that's an or interesting question because the way Mastodon works, it's open source. So anyone can write an app and all of them are, agnostic as far as which mastodon server you can connect to right so you can connect to social.freetalklive.com and you can join you know our server and you can post from these apps to our server and you can also join i don't know some hate server somewhere on the internet maybe they're being told they have to ban certain servers i think apple has actually gone after decentralized yeah. tools like that so i think they're just banned apple is the worst as far as centrally controlled uh platforms are concerned Google's bad, yeah. but uh, at least you can install an APK file on a Google this phone without Google's permission. There's more coming up here. You can join us and share your thoughts. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones open if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Can Germany actually ban Telegram? That's my question, because that's the story. Is that, oh, Germany is considering banning Telegram. Well, what does that even mean? Yeah, I wanted to ask the logistics of that, because I understand you can tell Apple and uh, Google Play that it's not going to be on for German users, but how can they not just get it off the internet? That's the thing. We're going to continue with the story here in just a moment, uh, but also want to let you know about Freedoms Phoenix. It's a liberty-oriented news aggregation site, so if you want the newest and freshest stories and perspectives on current events from those who value liberty, then freedomsphoenix.com has those, and they've got a daily dispatch, which is a great way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty, news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. It's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. That's freedomsphoenix.com. So, yeah, Bonnie makes uh, a great point here. How in the world 
does the German government expect that they're going to, even if they choose to try, to ban Telegram, one of the world's most popular messaging apps? I don't think that they actually have any idea at this what point. What they're talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and part of it is because it's politicians talking, right? Sure. And so, they're actually promoting Telegram every moment that they do this, yeah. right? Like for all the people that hadn't heard of Telegram, now you've heard of it. So there is uh, – Germany probably, if I – I, you know, I don't know with certainty, but a lot of countries in Europe have censorship already built in. So the ISPs are mm. mandated. It was uh, they have a list like a blacklist. Yeah, the, it, it started off as you know the excuse was, well, we have to protect people from child pornography right. or something of that nature, and, <laughs> and so um, they, uh, you know, they they have these these lists, but. Um, it doesn't mean that they can block Telegram because Telegram does have some. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if I want to say decentralization to it, but it does have some mechanisms to kind of hinder this sort of uh, uh, these sorts of technologies. Right? They're not hard to get around. You change your DNS. They're basically using something called DNS, mm-hmm. and um, it's not. It's not. You can't just block. You can't just block Telegram because there's, it's got like multiple IPs or changing IPs, and it's going through things like Google. Um, somehow it communicates with Google. I think like is one method to get around it. And if you can do that, you can't just block it like you you might think. Um, so there's that. Um, so it's technically difficult. It's technically difficult. Russia actually, and Russia's already tried. And Russia, Russia a, hates Telegram. Russia has a much more advanced and much more sophisticated censorship system than than Germany does. Telegram was created by a Russian anarchist, apparently, yeah. and they really don't like him. <laughs> so yes. they would love to somehow stop Telegram. But uh, Telegram has no servers in Russia, so they can't actually physically shut them down. I don't know where uh, Telegram stands in Russia as far as that's what I've heard. You know, connecting at this point, it may yeah. be that they have successfully censored censor Telegram at this point. I don't know, hmm. but Germany is going to have to implement a much more sophisticated system, I think, in order to block Telegram. You know, given what I know about how difficult it was for Russia to do, um, so. Yeah, well, uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens if they if they go ahead and actually do this. Um, here's here's what they say though: uh, a shutdown would be very serious and clearly the last resort. Interior Minister Nancy Fezer said in an interview with German Weekly, "Before such a step, all other options would have to be exhausted, but we can't exclude this per se." Uh, the SPD politician said, it "Sounds like." telegram isn't cooperating maybe but then again maybe it's just like a news piece to i don't know gain support amongst her you know her uh her supporters her supporters or, or something i don't know and that's the thing like p- politicians they do that kind of thing right, right. Talk, uh, talk you know they create they create issues that don't really exist and solutions that don't really solve problems yeah. and it's to make people think that they're doing something uh well, of course their solution is going to be we'd rather control it than shut it down they would much rather have their hand in manipulating telegram absolutely uh to you know censor it in some way and ultimately, even if they were successful at doing that, and I don't expect that they will be, 
uh, even if they were successful, those people are just going to go somewhere else. You can shut down platform after platform after platform, and they're going to be motivated to find their own way and, if not, create their own app uh, to be able to talk their hate speech or whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. You can't stop it. If the most hated people on the planet, right? can get around these sorts of tools and censorship and all that stuff. Right. You really think the right wingers are not going to be able to uh, get around it? Yeah. Um, I mean, look at I mean, 4chan <laughs> hasn't been shut down. Right. right? Like, there's so many different places where really unpopular uh, speech. public internet. It's yeah. not on the dark web, you know. Right. Um Talks about possible measures against Telegram are ongoing, an Interior Ministry spokesman said on Wednesday, adding that it wasn't clear what legal and technical procedures would be necessary to switch off Telegram. Yeah, it probably isn't. Because, again, um, you're going to probably have to do some sort of deep packet inspection. And I don't know that uh, I don't I don't know that there is any again, I don't know Germany and not well enough to know, but I don't think germany's got that level of sophistication as far as their censorship um if if what if those packets are encrypted what if telegram is well and that's the other problem right i mean if you've got encrypted packets and they're going to google uh, google servers i mean how do you distinguish you know legitimate you know i'll put legitimate in quotes legitimate google traffic from non-legitimate you know uh Telegram tra- traffic. I think the best they Google. could do would be to go to Google and Apple and say block this in any uh, in our jurisdiction. So it's would- actually interesting you should say this because there's actually uh, Google actually did do something uh, the last time this happened. So was again, that Italy? I think this was Russia, but mm-hmm. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but they basically didn't like the fact that there were uh, companies, uh, and I, I'm, I can't remember the technical names for this, but basically pretending to be Google or something to that effect in order to, to go through Google. Um, so they didn't like this because I think that I, I and again it's sort of I think, and there was some criticism actually against Google for it uh, because this was a tool to help people get around censorship. Hmm. Or at least the one I'm thinking of. So maybe it wasn't Telegram. Uh, maybe it was some other application. But anyway, I think Telegram uses a similar technique. So the messaging service has come under increased criticism as right-wing extremists turn to the platform to organize demonstrations against the government's pandemic policies. Oh. <laughs> Even though the person who made it was a left-wing extremist, right? The Telegram? I thought no, that he was like a... Oh, I thought he was like a left... Libertarian. Not to my knowledge. I mean, I don't know how left or right or libertarian he is, but I, I've heard he's an anarchist. Yeah. Like one of our kinds of anarchists. Uh, I, I thought I thought he was like sort of leaning libertarian kind of anarchist, but he was he it was a it was a it was a different breed and it didn't quite quite meet, you know, libertarian like non aggression principle standards. Yeah, I remember something um, like that. That's why I thought he was like left leaning. Oh, like a left leaning libertarian? Yeah, that's what I thought he was. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to I, look it up. I don't know. I don't. I think it's a different. I think there's like a different breed of like pseudo libertarian in Russia or in that region, hmm. um, which we wouldn't identify necessarily as like libertarian, but they they definitely have some libertarian tendencies. Let's put it that way. We'll see what we can find out. Yeah. Authorities are investigating alleged death threats made over Telegram against uh, one individual, the state premier of... uh, They're mad because people are organizing. (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's protests. Uh, They don't like protesters. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Phones open. You can join us. Your thoughts on censorship are welcome. It's Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. There's a lot of uh, misinformation out there about the founder of Telegram. I don't know him personally, but uh, prior to being raided by the federal government gang here in New Hampshire uh, back in March of last year, I had actually subscribed to his updates on Telegram because Telegram, in addition to being a chat app for back and forth communications, also has what they call channels where somebody can just post like an update for followers. And I had actually followed him. Uh, and there's a list here of a bunch of quotes, thanks to BrainyQuote.com, because I think uh, one of y'all was saying, uh, Bonnie, I think you said he was a left libertarian, you thought, and Chris, you weren't so sure about what his uh, beliefs were. Yeah, I thought they were more on the right, and... Uh, and I'd heard he was an anarchist. Like a libertarian, anarchist kind of, but not of the same uh, you know, streak of libertarian anarchists that we think of in the United States. So let me give you some quotes from Pavel Durov, and then you can make up your mind as to what you, what you might believe about him. He says, obviously, I do have political views. I'm a believer in the free market economy. I also believe that without competition and respect for human rights, there will be no progress because nobody will feel safe and free. That's hmm. one quote. He says, in my past, it looked like I could get into trouble in Russia, but I was not afraid then. And I'm not afraid now. Fear paralyzes you and doesn't let you go forward. He says, to be truly free, you should be ready to risk everything for freedom. He says, I'm a peaceful creature. I'm vegetarian. I don't like wars. Hmm. Pavel Durov says, the probability that we will get into a car accident is a million times higher than the probability we will suffer as a result of a terrorist act. He says, further, the best legislative initiative is the absence of one. That's a pretty anarchist <laughs> nice. uh, statement right there. He says, me, myself, I'm not a big fan of the idea of countries. Nice. <laughs> and he says, a lot of people in the Western world don't realize how much taxes limit their options. You can end up paying almost half your income in taxes, <laughs> more, which basically means you're working for the government for 180 days a year. I think I can find better ways to use the money I make for the benefit of society. It doesn't sound like a leftist anymore. He says, I believe in small governments or no governments. I think the majority of people want to have big government, a big brother taking care of them. I think he's right about that. Yeah, he's probably right. I wish wish that wasn't the case, but I think it is. Uh, He says... Telegram is heavily, it speaks to the uh, the restrictions. Telegram is heavily encrypted and privacy oriented, but we're no friends of terrorists. In fact, every month we block thousands of ISIS related public channels. So yeah, it's his choice. It's his app. He can it do is, what he wants. It is. I, I cringe. It makes me cringe because if you can block, uh, you know, terrorists, you, you can just as easily block anybody else. Yep, that's true. It is a centrally controlled yeah. app. There is, uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but all that said, you know, dude's pretty, uh, pretty libertarian, pretty freedom loving. It sounds like to me. So, and yeah. there's a bunch more quotes here uh, from it. But I picked some of the. Yeah, only had three I, minutes to look. So. I don't know if he uh, subscribes to the non-aggression principle, and I, I kind of had the. He idea. says he supports free markets. He does. Um, I had the impression that uh, he did not quite subscribe to the non-aggression principle, um, but he was very close. 
So, yeah, I don't know what would give you, I mean, at least from what I read there, I don't know what would give I you that I didn't see impression. anything particularly that stood out as being like, oh, you're not a libertarian or you're not an anarchist, but um, he says, I believe the role of the government is too big. Society must be more decentralized, he says. Let's go to Talk. He's on the line in Texas. Talk, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Yeah. Good talk. Good, good to talk with you. Yes, sir. Uh, first off, just might make a comment about I let you get away with something that, you know, uh, I know Mr. Spock is a fictional character, but Spock said, a difference that makes no difference is not a difference in regards okay. to this communism. What I was saying, uh, just real quick, and we'll get over to censorship, but what I was saying is like, and we the living Ayn Rand, Kara was escaping. She had made it across the border and where she was killed. The difference, the difference between our country and, you know, they're escaping these places. North Korea, they are, they're trying. And of course, uh, Ayn Rand and, and the Soviets were trying to escape. It's communist countries that try to leave. People try to escape the walls or to keep people in. And sure. I just think it's a profound difference. But anyway, I just didn't want to let that slide because it was like it was, we were like equivocating the uh, the freedom uh, or more democratic countries around the world with communists. And I just think that communists are criminals because the only way they can get their power is through criminality. The only way they can keep their power is through criminality and well, that's true of all government guys, yeah. right? Like, I mean, whether you're talking about the United States government, which isn't isn't quote unquote communist, although it's certainly plenty well, socialist. They, they certainly are going to take your money if you try to leave. <laughs> yeah, they're all violent. They're all using crime. I mean, that, that's these are all crime syndicates. What we should be, we've perverted what we should be, and that's that's that gets back to that that uh, whole idea of of. Uh, hey, did you guys see Apocalypto? That's Get back to the past. Like these Was that the movie in, by Mel Gibson? Yeah. The, no, the, I didn't people, see it. People were living in the forest, and they were raided by another group of Indians, you know, the, the Mayans. And they, they were, these people were isolated in the forest, a tribe, uh, doing real well by themselves, peacefully, hunting and fishing and all that. And then they, they got raided by this war party. You see where I'm going with this? It's like, it's like no matter what era you're in, we live in a big dystopian world. I know mm. you've used that word several times, dystopian. That's the nature of life in our world is dystopian. War and uh, battles and all such. And, and that governments were formed, you know, in, in protection, in partly in, to protect people from from uh, that sort of thing. Well, no, as the far as I can see, the governments are the reason there are wars. Yeah, yeah governments create war. and. Yeah, that's why I said. Uh, that's why I talked about that movie. You see what I'm saying? Those people didn't have a government. I mean, the Mayans had a government of sorts, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But the Indian tribe that was raided and and murdered, they didn't have a government. They had they had basically some leaders that were basically and they led in hunts when they were hunting. They're, the leaders were were not dominant over their people. They were they were a very uh, portrayed of course it's a movie but they were portrayed as as a very uh, close to utopia it's a very simple life and uh you know no government 
Well, certainly no government in that we're used to. But as you said, they have leaders. Maybe the leaders are selected by you know virtue. They're you know they've shown themselves to be worthy of following or whatever. Uh, but humans are a pack animal, and they are likely to to look for someone to lead them. Uh, the majority of them are just that way. And that's what goes back to what Pavel Durov was saying that's about true. most people wanting a big government to tell them what to do. And if that yeah. wasn't clear enough, it sure was made clear during COVID <laughs> with so many people being so easily uh, told what to do and just so obedient. It was really disappointing. Yes. Uh, yeah, was that uh, mass, that psychology of that uh, just... Mass formation it, psychosis? Mm-hmm. It's, it's along the lines of the mob mentality where... Yeah. Very, very scary stuff. It is. Talk, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-283-6160. By the way, our show on Tuesday night, uh, which was mostly about the mass formation psychosis uh, theory, <laughs> that got taken down from YouTube, yeah. by the way. We got a strike over that particular show. and Now we are, we're off. We are off of YouTube uh, as a result. The channel hasn't been deleted, but we are now on our second out of three strikes and so we need to wait until sometime in February before we'll be able to resume streaming on that particular platform. Uh, so if you want to hear our discussion about mass formation psychosis, you'll have to go to our Odyssey channel over at video.freetalklive.com, and you can find the show there. It's actually broken into two parts because we had a issue with our stream at the on that particular night. Anyway, 603-283-6160. If you want to join the show, you can, and you can take control of the airwaves here. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here and bring up whatever you want to discuss with you tonight. It's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. Phones are open. Even in these remaining moments, we have enough time for you. 603-283-6160 is the number. We'll talk about uh, people suing Instagram stars over a pump and dump scam. And it's one that we talked about During the summer, we warned you uh, about this one, and now there are lawsuits a-flying. We'll uh, explain that here in just a moment, but first we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts, and don't forget you can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. You can uh, support the program via the Free Talk Live amps over on Patreon, and want to say thank you to Justin Doling and also David Ziantara, who are some of our supporters over there of the new amps program justin's a silver david is a platinum silvers do five bucks a month david uh, i believe does more than 25 dollars a month so thank you for the support over there we really appreciate it. it makes a big difference for us thanks to the 70 plus people that have signed on in just the last few months to the new amps program yes thank you yeah, it stands for advertise market promote and support amps.freetalklive.com it'll take you right to our patreon that's amps.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Jack. He's listening in Washington online. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I was curious. Um, where are your strikes from YouTube coming? You guys aren't huge anti-vaxxers. Um, is it crypto? I don't, I don't see why they're giving you strikes. It's, it's quote-unquote very... medical misinformation. So, I mean, even though we don't talk about 
the vaccine every single show, it's certainly something that does come up on Free Talk Live, and we are absolutely skeptics. And you cannot yeah, be a, you cannot be a skeptic on YouTube. You have to agree that the government is right and that the vaccines are you know sent by God. And that you must take them or else your grandma is going to die. You have to completely buy the entire government narrative uh, to pr- wow. you know, the, the, the entire pro Pfizer, pro uh, mega corporate, mega uh, medical in- industrial state narrative. And if you don't, then you are medical misinformation and you will get str- uh, stricken for that. And that's what has happened to us multiple times in the last year. Yeah, the confusion that they're throwing at us is very communist. I'm sorry. It's. Feels like it's straight manipulation, yeah. propaganda. Well, and it's not a you know it's it's their platform. They can do what they want with it, and it is not a free speech platform. No, so you know they're going to do what they want, right. and we are one strike away from being completely taken down. Every single video on the Free Talk Live channel will be deleted if we get one more strike. And you know, there's no well, reason why we, we that have can't... Odyssey though. You guys coming on Odyssey? Fine. Yeah, Odyssey's I great. I don't know why. why I don't know why I would want to watch, but I do. <laughs> well we thank you for being out there jack was there anything else you wanted to share tonight no thanks guys thanks for the call yeah they they now consider you to be anti-vax if you simply are questioning if you simply are in favor of choice yeah I, not I, even if you're anti actually against it i'm not even I'm, I'm not even a big fan of the term skeptic because a lot of this is just it's information right mm-hmm. and it giving people information that exists is i don't know that doesn't make you doesn't mean you're. I don't. I don't really feel like you're necessarily a skeptic. It's it either does or doesn't work, or is as or is not as effective as they claim. Oh well, yeah. yeah you can't true. give any information that counters their claims. Right. That, right. That makes you anti-vax. It makes you. A that's mis- insane. That's quote unquote misinformation. That's crazy. Anything that isn't the I government's can, official line is I can, misinformation. I can both believe that there is a potential vaccine. Uh, you know, um, or you know, maybe down the road or co- potentially coming, um. While still not agreeing or expressing uh, beliefs about particular vaccine, you know, what they're calling vaccines currently on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not like there's one vaccine anyway. Right. Well, actually, we've talked about the one that uh, came out of India. Uh, and it was actually uh, one of our, our doctor friends who informed us about this. There's an Indian va- uh, vaccine and... What was it like, Covaxit or something like that? Or I'm Covaxin? surprised you remember that. Was it actually sure effective, or like is that. it? Yeah, it's been being shown to be more effective, and it's not mRNA. Yeah, it's like a normal vaccine where it's not mRNA. It's like the dead virus or yep, whatever yep. the normal standard kind of vaccine that they uh, they do. It's not available in the United States. Though. Of course not. <laughs> of course it's not. <laughs> it might be in Mexico soon, though. Yeah, he said it was. I think he said it was in Mexico huh? and maybe even Canada, just not in the U.S. It's probably something something along the lines of what Will was uh, was waiting for for basically and kind of what i was waiting for but i've kind of really don't care anymore let's go mm-hmm. to your phone calls here we got um aaron is on the line aaron calling from i didn't get where where are you calling from aaron it's yeah, i'm from Texarkana, texas excellent sir what's on your mind tonight well i was, uh, I was thinking about the other day i were talking about the supply chain and, yeah. and stuff was missing up there and uh you know, around here, we don't have any problems with that. Now, we've got a lot of paper mills and all that, so maybe, you know, we got toilet paper, but nice. uh, we don't have anything really, you know, missing out of the stores. But I think, like, the government's trying to force people because, like, you know, people are coming here from California, and property values are up to, like, 
five times what they were. So an acre of property is not five grand now. It's like $25,000. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, I, I, I will say this. I have not noticed huge problems here. I mean, there's little bits here and there, like, you know, the toilet paper area in Walmart's a little light. You know, you can it's not full. Um, and then there's a yeah. couple of uh, chest freezers at one of the grocery stores that are mostly empty. So it's like, you know, down 10% or uh, at the most it's, in certain areas. You know but, what it is? It's more sporadic. You know, um, there will be periods where something will be not being produced because I don't know if it's because the factories are producing something else momentarily or, or exactly what it is. But it's it's like it's 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 bouts of like stuff isn't available and then it becomes available and then it's available, you know, basically indefinitely, it seems. Um, yeah, that's well, been my experience. We know that there's serious supply chain issues as far as truckers are concerned. Yeah. There just aren't enough truckers to move the products around. Yeah, it's, it, it's and, and that might be part of it too. Like it's their stuff is manufactured, but it's not getting it's to the warehouses or yeah. the stores uh, in a timely fashion. Therefore we run out and then it kind of like people then go buy more of it. And then it's like, okay, well then it's, it takes even longer. And there's over a hundred cargo ships waiting right. to get into port in Los and, you know, outside of Los Angeles. So these are going to provide issues and cause problems. And then to add, you know, more complexity out in Los Angeles, a section of the union Pacific train tracks has been littered with thousands of shredded boxes and stolen packages from cargo containers. Have you guys heard about this? No. Aaron, have you heard about this, the uh, the cargo thefts? I, I, well, no, I actually haven't read that. I had a theory behind why they're kind of forcing people into Texas and Florida and stuff. Go ahead. And I thought it was because they could kind of just box us all in at some point to, you know, do as they will with the people that are more free-minded to yeah. these areas because a lot of conservative people or you know i'm a libertarian more you know liberty-minded people could be here to where we you know round us up is what i was kind of wanting to get about you know, i had on that. a similar theory recently because i'm from texas i'm from san antonio and i was talking with my friend that still lives in san antonio and i told her that i visited back in september and i swear that the population like doubled since i was there in january 2021 and i was saying that i mean okay when i was talking to her about that we were both agreeing the population is just insane and um it's like bus bustling like more people are coming Mm -hmm. every day and i was thinking later to myself it could be a there could be a reason behind why they've let texas be you know like seem like a bastion for freedom it's really not yeah free a free state they want to attract people there they have a really really powerful government there and you know i don't know if i buy the claim that it's going to be a roundup you know the people why they have fema camps but texans have guns yeah texans are docile they'll do whatever we're well we're well armed and pretty docile people Hmm. and there's there's some other problems with this even though the numbers are up in terms of migration patterns and things it's not like most people are moving so most people are still hundreds of thousands at. have moved the sure. yeah, out of 320 million though i mean that's right. still that's still small that's still yeah. not going to be true. enough to be like okay well if we get everybody to move here and then we can round them up easily it's still gonna yeah, be but a, it's like a specific type of person is moving like a more conservative conservative mm-hmm. or you know freedom loving per- i don't think you're gonna see person. you're still not seeing the numbers sufficient numbers to make that i wouldn't even call them freedom loving they're just more yeah. conservatives the yeah. people that are that are moving there they like to think themselves as freedom loving but they also well, want they to love freedom more than the people who didn't leave california they they love their freedom but they don't love uh, the freedom of other people and that's why you know you move 
to Texas. still attached to the government. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, Aaron, I mean, I agree. On the government. Thanks for the call, dude. I really appreciate hearing from you tonight. That, yeah, they're, they're hooked on the government to do their bidding. Yeah. They want to restrict, you know, pornography, or they, they want, want to restrict strip clubs. They want they the want freedom. Abortion. They want yeah. the freedom for the things they like, but Correct. not the things that you like. Correct. And, and Texas, by the way, is the, I believe, number 49th or 50th least or like most free state, which means they're the least free yeah. state as far as personal freedoms. Really? As far as personal freedoms. Uh, it doesn't not economics. Me, but. Yeah. Not economic. Economics are like mid-pack. Uh, we're out of time tonight. You can check out the Freedom in the 50 States study if you want to dig into that, though. Freedominthe50states.org, I believe. We'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com.